Hello everyone and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 25. I'm Ryan Prasad and with me are my co-hosts Alan Ibrahim. Hi, it's me. And Katie Marie. <laughs> Hello! It's me! Join- <laughs> it's <a> me! <laughs> and joining us again back in the saddle. Do we have saddles here? Yeah, it's- yeah. Saddles just on the ground around the campfire. Yeah, I don't know why it's. We just have a random saddle. In case of here. horses, bring saddles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have Brenna. Brenna's back. Hi. It is also me. <laughs> it is a me. <laughs> How are you? Oh, doing well. Yeah. Hope is. How are things with your life? Wow, that was really bad. <laughs> Hope is how are things with your life? (laughs) Life's okay, I guess. Uh, Just really, really busy since I've taken on sort of a side job. Um, But yeah, it's been hectic. But it's it's good work. So um. word. Uh, Alan, how about you? How are things going? Kill me. Your your side of the world, please. Yeah. Yeah. No. Ah. It's been a, I mean, I've talked to Ryan a lot about this. It's been a, it's been a weird couple of weeks. 2017's been getting weird fast. You know, with all the things that have been happening, it's kind of ironic that you work at a pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's just say that January is working at a pharmacy in January is really weird and difficult. Because A, uh, people, like, their insurance doesn't loop over. And then also the government doesn't want you to have insurance anymore. The, uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah. Yay! Uh, birth control should <laughs> be free. Birth control should be free. What are you doing? Yep. Yeah. Kaylin, you're sick. I'm sick. I actually didn't realize how often I get sick until I started doing this podcast. And like <laughs> so many episodes, I start off being like, "Hey, I'm sick." <laughs> <laughs> you were either sick or in a literal hospital. I know. What is wrong with me? That's what you get for having a bad immune system, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do bad immune. Yeah. Wait, Ryan. Yeah. It, you didn't tell me about you. How you're? It was your birthday. You're older now. It's all oh, right. I Yay! Forget. Happy birthday to you. I'll let Happy Alan do the singing. You. Yeah. But happy birthday. Thank you. I'm old enough to buy beer. Uh, but they didn't check my ID when I bought it. But then I went to go buy the new Resident Evil and they checked my ID. So now I priorities. They don't they don't want birth control to be free or like you to have basic health care, but like check ID for video games. Yep. I don't know what's happening, basically. Uh, video game off strong. Did the video game yeah. store employee wish you happy birthday? No. Rude. Which was weird because I had the show on my ID. So, But he told me that I should have pre-ordered. <laughs> of course he did. That's the real happy birthday wish. No, what I bought the newest Resident Evil and uh, I was like, yeah, you guys have a uh, new Resident Evil. He was like, um, "Well, we have the deluxe edition. If you want to go with that one, it's like 
eighty dollars. I'm like, and it comes with the season pass, and I'm like, no, I just want the game. Um, and then he like looked around the, like behind the counter, and then he like typed stuff into the computer, and then it and spawned. To his, no, he turned to his coworker and he was like, oh, "Are you allowed to sell these?" And she was like, "Yeah." And then he reached in the back, like behind a bunch of like shirts and stuff, and grabbed the copy of the game. Oh my and he gosh! Was like, Couldn't it close, buddy? Should have pre-ordered. <laughs> Your copy's Cutting cursed. It by close the way. to what exactly? Um, I'm assuming that they just had leftover copies oh. from pe- people who didn't pre-order. But if they didn't have a copy, I was just going to download it from PSN anyway. So, I, I hate I hate GameStop. Also, like if people didn't pick up their pre-orders, why did they even pre-order? That game came out on Tuesday. You're not gonna pick it up as soon as you can. I don't understand why you would pre-order it anyway. But yeah, I guess that's my birthday anecdote. <laughs> story that Brenna uh, gave us to read. It's called The Evaluators to Trade with Aliens You Must Adapt uh, by N.K. Jemison. How do we we talk about this story in a way that makes sense? Because the way the story is told uh, is a little... uh, Unique. Unique, yes. That's a good word. I was about to say unconventional, but that's not true. Um... Brenna, do you want to give us a quick summary of what the story is about without going into too much detail? Just like a synopsis. Okay, yeah, it's it's um, written in a way that's kind of a throwback to the um, epistolary. I, I hate that word because I could never pronounce it, but um, that's those sort of novels, um, even though it's a, mm-hmm. you know, short, very short story, uh, not a novel length, but most of what you're reading are either uh, communications about the event um, by uninvolved parties after the fact or transcripts of the significant events. And it just, it, it takes, I feel, um, probably about two or three reads to get a good idea of what exactly went down in the, oh, uh, yeah. you know, events of the story and... Yeah, definitely. And I liked it because it was, like, future creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go around the room, the fictional room. Uh, Caitlin, what did you think of this story? Okay, so I am kind of weird because I, I have, like, a very love-hate relationship with sci-fi. Um, I'm a much more, like, fantasy-oriented person. Um, so... Sci-fi is always very hit or miss with me. Um, Basically, there are some sci-fi media that I really love. And then other ones, I'm like, I just can't get into it. I guess I just don't like the sci-fi genre in general. Um, But this story, I very much loved. I am a huge fan of um, telling stories in a way that is, uh, I guess, like impactful and relevant to the plot. And also, like, in a way that is unique. Um, cause 
if it deviates even a little bit from traditional prose, if that means like there's a pattern within the text or something, I probably will like it. So um, this is told in a very, very interesting way about like basically uh, logs and correspondence. I think that's pretty, pretty tight, you know? So um, I don't know, like, how do I explain? I like when stuff is very, when the ending is like open-ended and you might not know exactly what happened. Like, it doesn't directly say, here's what happened in the story. This girl just totally got eaten. Like, we don't even know if that's what happened. Um, it's basically left up to what you infer from the text. Um, and I think that's really awesome. I like to have a story make me go, wait, hold on. And then I have to read it a second time mm -hmm. and, like, you know, take the knowledge that I was given from the first go around and implement that into, like, my understanding when I read it a second time or even a third time. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely love this. I really like, um, you know, just how, you know, there are all these different characters and we don't really get to know all of them, but I feel like their personalities are very present in the dialogue and it's just something super interesting to think about. Um, and yeah, I always love when the author leaves it up to you to de essentially decode what happened mm -hmm. in the story. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Alan? She just wanted to have kids. <laughs> it yeah. it manages in because, like Brenna said, multiple reads definitely a necessity when reading this. It took me the first read I read before all of y'all, and I was like, "Oh, this is fine." Like I like the vibe, and I I, I kind of get it. And then the second read I did at like one in the morning, uh, and I just like put my iPad next to me in bed, and then just like looked up at the ceiling. I was like what really <laughs> really i didn't even i didn't even see that i didn't because the structure is decept deceptive in a way because it kind of makes you think that mm -hmm. it's about like a cast of like it's about the kid like the cast or something and like oh they're all hanging out together but it's really it's about the ideas and it's about the the race of 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 people that they're 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 talking about the sort of like i guess are they part like jaguar-esque or cheetah looking Cheetah yeah, I mean, they the she says that she observes that uh, they look like cheetahs, but uh, they don't real. I'm, I forgot what the wording was, but like she was happy that she was able to make the connection with cheetahs, so she can relate it to something that she knew, right? Right. That um, something right? that she totally knew, totally also off. like not to be careful of something that was dangerous. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that and description. I love that description too because that feels to me like more what aliens should be described as and what they probably are like in re I guess in real life um is they're probably not mm -hmm. all like small gray blob people or they're not the aliens from Alien. They're not all bug like. They probably just mm -hmm. look in a way that's incomprehensible to what we know, but the best that we can do is compare them to something else. Like the art yeah. of them that's included in the story is like very striking and very beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. But the only thing I can identify about the the manga in this picture is like, uh, there's like a little bit of like cat-like features in the eyes that other than that, like <laughs> humanoid. But again, like I'm saying the word humanoid because like, we can't possibly com uh, describe something without comparing it to us. 
So, you know, that's why so right. much of the conflict comes from like, what is this third sex? Like, what is an evaluator? What is a what, nurturer? <laughs> like, wh- I can't even get this. And it, it kind of opens up and makes a lot of sense by the end. Mm-hmm. It was it was really interesting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I I only read it twice because I felt like I knew how to read it just by talking to Alan about it beforehand. Uh, where it was like, oh, just pay attention to who's speaking, and pay attention to like when stuff is taking place and like the context and everything. So the first time around, I was like, okay. I'm not sure what really happened at the end there, but that was really cool. And then I read it again to pick up on the context. And it's like, oh, right, because she wanted children. And then uh, the like the alien like changed itself to make it more human-like and stuff like that. And uh, all that stuff. I don't know. I found it really kind of creepy and just really cool and I don't know I really liked it a lot um can I ask a question mm-hmm. what what was everybody's takeaway from the ending like what did you think happened I want to get everybody's opinion because uh, I mean obviously it's very open-ended and yeah. we probably all interpreted it a little at least a little bit well, differently my first reaction was oh shit <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. pretty much. And yeah, that's not going to end well. I basically read it as just like the the alien. Uh, I forget the name of the aliens, but the, the aliens. Manka. The manka. Yeah, they just kind of form their. They either formed their own species with humans, or they used a human as like a way to reproduce more or something like that and it kind of got swept under the rug because capitalism is cool and they wanted the resources for the planet so they acted like everything was a-okay with all of the crew and uh basically we have some unknown creature um being born and they don't even know what it's capable of um and so that's what i kind of got out of the ending and it's really i felt like i read it as an example of like business partnerships not really acknowledging that something has gone wrong in the service of more money and resources and stuff like that so that was my interpretation of the story it's very colonial i think is your read of it we're just like, oh, mm-hmm. we, we're going to take what we need to and not tell anybody what happened here because that corrupts the narrative a little bit. Because that last paragraph reads like, um, let me find the exact part. The child born from their mission shall be welcomed home, loved and honored as the heir to a heroic legacy. Like, good job. Y'all did it. You came there and you did the good work. And now we're going to take the kid. And that's the part that I latched onto in the ending is like the kid, the child of uh, doc, the doctor and one of the aliens is on earth now theoretically yeah and living with us and if you want to read that as hopeful because i being the eternal optimist that i am read that as like oh maybe maybe this is the beginning of something huge like whether or not it's good or bad it's it's a monumental moment or monumentous Mm -hmm. i guess of like 
there's a person who doesn't even like conform to our like planet and they were born and they live their whole they're gonna live their whole life with us and like what does that say about us and now we're gonna like change completely because we have a half human baby on our on our planet now um mm. i don't know I, th- I thought that was like super exciting um i latched more on it- what's up Sorry, I was gonna say, is it a good thing though? Because what I, we, yeah, what don't we think know so. from, what we know yeah. what we know from these aliens is that they kill fucking kids for not passing their fucking superiority tests and they evalu- like they evaluate them and then they kill them if they're not good enough. Like that how do we know that that kid is not just gonna be some rogue fucking person who's just gonna fucking kill every human on earth or kill anyone who doesn't fit the standards of living or whatever like that's just from what we know from the aliens like there's i don't find any optimism in this situation so two things one uh i think i i would hope that it being raised entirely on earth would mean that it doesn't learn where its society came from whether or not that it's like tendencies to do what the other evaluators evaluators did like whether that stuff is train is is nature or nurture is up for debate like are they born with that knowledge or was it like something in their society that makes them do that um but also Mm -hmm. if you read it like that then the ending is even cooler because it's kind of like this like british wit if you will or i don't know if it's not actually british but it's like very cynical of like and we welcome the beautiful kid to our world where they will corrupt us and destroy us from the insides (laughs) It's like, yeah. oh boy, right? That's yeah. all. I, I think yep. that's a very fun way to read it. That's like totally valid, but it, I think it it works uh, kind yeah. of as both. Um, I wanted to talk about the language stuff also. I think one of my favorite running bits was like the different space explorers trying to understand what Manka's laughing, <laughs> like how they describe yes. laughter. They're like, a s- like the ratcheting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way I picture that, I can't even do the voice, the sound, but like in my head is just like. They tilt their head backwards and then they're like, and then someone's like, I think that was laughter. That was probably laughter. Yeah. And then doing that like two or three times and bringing it back. Yeah. Um, Like a series of harsh exhalations. Right, right. (laughs) Which is very funny. Um, Like there's humor in it. And then like it even starts with, and I didn't realize this until starting my third read of it, but the fact that the very like first conversation between uh, character whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce for and and Paul <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they're having the conversation where I think Paul is like trying to flirt and then uh, the other character says you already told me you let your spermacept patch expire and stay the hell away from me stay the hell away from me first of all does the really cool sci-fi thing of like explaining so much by being like what the heck is a spermacept patch like, I know what it is based on the context, but that's, like, interesting. There's a thing you can put on your skin right. that, like, gets makes you makes you impotent or whatever. makes you not, like, you don't, you know, do that sex stuff. Um, but also, this is a story about, like, sex and, like, you know, and there's, like, a baby at the end and all that stuff. And I was like, whoa, they were talking about it from the first, like, jocular little conversation. They were talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, you um, see the it's, the flirting from it, the two people speaking about it after the fact, and then the flirting of the evaluator with um, uh, Doctor Way. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Th- this this story was definitely written with its ending in mind, which is like because cool. it starts with like you said, it starts right. at the end. It starts with them being like, 
I don't. I wonder if they die. Did they die? Anyways, and then they tell the story. I mean, you can. Yeah, you can like check the dates on it, and um, like if you look, it's like way after. Um, it's two years. It's at least two years like, later. Yeah. Right. It's, this is. It's like Ghost in the Shell, where the main character jokes about being on her period, even though she's a robot, and the whole theme of the movie is about life and death. Anyway, sorry. It's again like such an accomplishment of short fiction, and this is the thing when Brenna brought uh, Grandma Laylet's Cloth of Winds uh, to us is like. You can tell so much without needing... You don't need a thousand pages to tell a rich story. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's moments of conversation between uh, Paul and the other space people and, like, learning about... The, like, re- even, like, the cultural notes between the manka and, like, the people studying them where you're just, like, putting all these pictures in your head and you're, like, flourish flourishes of, of detail and, and, like, high concepts that you can't even process until, like I said really like sit and think about it instead of instead of them like over explaining it to you they give you just enough kind of in like a horror way of, of to let you fill in the blanks in, in your own creative ways that i think is like the the accomplishment of this story is that it tells so much with mm-hmm. so little yeah, yeah def- definitely Sorry, horror sci-fi um, right i think even though i, I feel yeah. like the horror is kind of is more subtle than the sci-fi portion Mm-hmm. For sure, and I really like that about it. I'm still thinking about the fact that the is it the evaluator that can shape shift? Yes, yes, yes. And they fucking just made a kid who can potentially can shape shift, like yeah, and brought him to Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so like I wanna, I I just wanna like explain what I got from it. Um like just to kind of like sum up the plot and like see how this aligns with what everybody else thought so basically like there is this other alien planet uh the dar manka something mm-hmm. man mankanas yes. yeah it's got the extra na at the end um but anyway it had these these people um you know just their regular civilization uh with a binary gender system just male and female and then uh, there's this horrible predator that basically just started disrupting the entire ecosystem and killing without abandon, essentially. Um, and so then we have the these people, what they try to do is raise these children to be protected in their society, and they're trying to um, protect the weakest members of the species, which is what the nurturer role uh, that's how, how that developed. Um, and then basically, like, they couldn't even, even with the nurturers, they weren't okay. And so they essentially let this predator become part of their society. And this is why I think, like, the ending is so on point, the last line, because it says, In peace and hope, we look forward to our mutual future of prosperity. Because when we're talking about just the manka's, um system here like we have this predator and they agree to not just like you know willy-nilly kill everybody of the species they're only going to kill the sick the weak the people who are quote-unquote lesser right like these children 
Um, when the guy's like, oh, I thought I saw six children, and the guy's like, oh no, you only saw that three. line is so good. Yeah, three. that line that is was so good so the second bad. time. Yep, yeah. because those other three are going to be eaten. And so anyway, basically, it's like, hey, you know, this is a quote unquote mutually beneficial relationship because we're not killing and eating your entire species. We get sustenance, but also your species is never going to want for resources or more because we'll help cull your population to healthy numbers. And also, as far as like reproduction and evolution goes, you'll only have the best of the best. So it's a really great trade, you know, that sort of thing. I think that's like, you know, it just in reference to like eugenics and stuff like that. It's like genuinely scary. Um, but also like I'm pretty sure the uh what are the the evaluators think that is like a very beneficial relationship. Like they don't see anything in my opinion like insidious about that. Um, yeah, no when um the evaluators so, asking Dr. Way about her grandmother and you know, Dr. Wei is saying that her grandmother is suffering because she's ill, and the evaluator is like, oh, and there's there's no one, basically, it, it's not what he says, but basically, it's, there's no one there to kill her? Yeah. yeah. Like, he thinks of that as, like, a positive thing, that, like, oh, she doesn't have to suffer in her old age. It's like, what in the world? Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, there's that, and then it's like, that's what makes it, like, kind of dark for me at the end there you know when they say we look forward to our mutual future of prosperity it's like is this child going to grow up and introduce that sort of prey predator coexistence in humanity on earth in people here mm-hmm. um i mean I, again like was was it you said alan it might not necessarily nature versus nurture right. is definitely a thing um but I don't know. It's just I just love how open ended it it is, and like how mm. up to interpretation this story um, concludes. And I don't know. I do you guys think that Doctor Way actually died? Mm. Hmm. Don't. I do not. Really? No. I'm. I'm not I, sure. I, actually. See. I the hope for me is I hope she didn't die. Right. I want her to live happily with the evaluator as awful as that sounds, but like um I just don't see like why would she have died in childbirth anyway when we're like we're in 2206. Like is that still a possibility? I don't know. Then did we not fix it by that point? Did we not fix the part where people can die in childbirth, well... but also if these two species haven't done it yet, who knows what, like, is this, is this the first time that humans and these aliens, like, bred? Probably. That's what I so, get from it. So there's, like, no way of knowing if the claim that she died from childbirth is accurate or not because it's a totally new thing. Mm-hmm. So. But, but. Uh, I don't think she got eaten, though. No, oh no, no, definitely not. No <laughs> way. Uh, the re- the reason I don't think she's dead is because of the final conversation between character whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce and Paul again is. Uh, let me read again some of it. It's been three years since the ship blew up. Where's she been all this time? If she's still alive, I don't know. But three years is plenty of time for Stockholm syndrome to set in, and then talks about like 
Okay, actually, this is the next line is what I'm talking about. Especially if her captors become more and more human and sympathetic and attractive. And then Paul says, nope, they're different species. That doesn't work. But it's like, no, bio- they could actually just biologically become human. It wouldn't even be that right. she's uh, having intercourse with another alien, like an alien. She's having sex with a human and making a, an evaluator baby. And that's banana. Like, that means that she just had a baby on another planet and said, all right, I guess I'll just live with this. Earth can have the baby, but I'm going to stay here. She doesn't have to have died because of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Maybe she, but if she wants them to think she died for some reason. I don't but know. if she wanted children, would she want to be separated from that child? I think that's I think true. there's... Yeah, I think that's possible. I think also that there might have been some other reason that she had to give the child away. Or the somebody on the mission at some point was like, we're going to take the child, but you can stay here. And we're going to tell everyone else you died. You know, there's a lot of reads. Like maybe Paul and the, the character he's talking to are lying. Maybe they know that she isn't dead, and they were part of that conspiracy. Maybe it's a big conspiracy. X Files theme starts. Yeah, I really, I really liked thinking about all that stuff. Like, oh, maybe these, like, maybe the the narrators are unreliable. Like, maybe they're lying. Maybe they're joking. Of like, is she dead? She can't be dead. Maybe they know she. I, I don't, I don't get that feel. I, from... I don't think that's a. It's supposed to be conversational logs. I don't read that as they wouldn't be lying about this if they were actively searching at the logs and speculating whether she's dead or not. It's fair. I think they figured out enough on their own to be terrified. I mean, look at the the last message in the chat log about if there were survivors that would strand them, and then she's like, yes. Especially if there are survivors. Especially, oh, there's so yeah. many moments like that, Brenda. There's so many like, oh fuck, <laughs> moments. And a lot of them, I feel like, are just kind of, oh, that's that that's kind of odd. On the first read through, and then your subsequent re- read throughs are like, oh shit, oh, oh shit, yeah, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we haven't really talked about the mass graves, also. They're like, where do yeah. you don't realize where all of the the dead children and and people that they deemed unworthy of living, like where are they putting all of them? Oh, there's a place where they're dumping all of them, and yeah. it's that's okay. Fucked. So, what is the thing about the palladium deposits? I didn't quite get that. I understand like I the calcium is the bones, but like they they do make a point to me- to mention like the abundance of palladium, and like I I didn't understand that. I guess that's just the resource that whoever's trying to trade with the manka are after, and so that's why they want they want that relationship to continue, oh. even though it's you know potentially introducing evaluators to humanity. It's worth it. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Because I I thought that like I I I didn't understand that connection, so thank you for clarifying. Um, I played Mass Effect, and Palladium's not that rare of a metal in that video game. Thank you very much. Folds arms, sits <laughs> back, smokes a cigarette. <laughs> um, oh, what else is there to say? Maybe any other like lingering points or questions? I love the illustrations. Oh, so do I. They are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Saved one of them as a wallpaper. The one of the, I think that's Dr. Wei, Anna Manka mm-hmm. in the same picture gorgeous I, art with all the food I think it's the evaluator actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
I just love the use of flat colors. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's so, so pretty. And, like, the color palette as well. I don't know. That is, like, as an artist, I aspire to create works that invoke such a feeling in others. But it's very nice. Do you think the person... Okay, so, like, just talking about the image at the top. Um, because of the article, like, we have the manka in the background and then, like, the human dude in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Um, is that supposed to be what the evaluator turned into? Because, I mean, down here we have, like, you know, Dr. Wei, uh, but we don't really see, like, how the humanized evaluator looked. So I kind of took it as the guy up there was the evaluator. Um, I actually mm. hadn't thought about it that much, but it makes sense, except that he's... I guess he could have got that that spacesuit from just the ship that Dr. Wade came on. It for To me, it just looks like the scene where he's looking at the... The graves? The, the graves. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. gotcha. he looks shocked a little bit. Yeah. And mm. there's, like, the bones underneath. Yeah. And it's outside the city. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually curious what, like, so this is a Wired, this is on Wired is where this article was featured or this piece was featured, I guess. Um, I'm like, what was the, I wonder if there was like a prompt or like, what was the sort of like theme of this, this, this or whatever, like theme thing that this got submitted to and like where this came from and whether or not there's like a bunch of other ones that are similar because I want to read. I think it's from Um, Tales from an Uncertain Future. That's what it says here. Yeah, I I think it was an experiment Wired was doing with publishing fiction. Yeah, because normally they're just like sort of a pop culture electronics magazine, right? right? I don't really read Wired. Um, I only found out about this because I follow N.K. Jemison on Twitter and, you know, she linked to like, oh, hey, I published a story. And I'm like, hell yes, let me read that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think there are more pieces in this experiment or this run of stories that uh, Wired published, though I don't know if they're necessarily related to each other. Right, very possible. Mm. This is the stuff that should be winning the Hugo Awards. I mean, come on. Didn't she just win a Hugo? Yes, for- she yeah. that was the joke. Oh, that was the yep. joke. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh god. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Slow on the uptake today, I guess. No worries. Uh that yeah, fuck. Very interesting story. I, I love. I yeah. love short sci-fi fiction that shakes me to my core briefly after finishing it. The second. Yeah, time. I always look for stories that have a lasting impact on me after I read it, and I like have to sit there and think about like what I just read and I'm like okay but wait that's what I look for when I read what do you all I'm look. I'm flipping through the story right now what do you all make of the poem I was looking at that too yep. the love song yep. yeah. quote unquote um I think it might I'm, also here, be about I'm gonna hold on I'm, let me just read it real quick okay my love sings behind me and touches the nape of my neck. I do not look around. My heart flutters fast with fear. Is that? It might be just a reference to like the quote unquote like culling, I guess. Hmm. 
Is that poem written by, it says Manka love song, theoretically, like question mark, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because of that, I kind of thought saw it as either the Manka are getting so, because poetry is one of those things that's actually really inherently human, like to be able to write words that also convey the sense of something that is, quote, poetic. So maybe the manga are like, that's, that's the big moment of like, oh fuck, if they can write this, then they can, they're like, basically they're one step away from human. They can just do it. The evaluators are like there. Um, but it could also just mean that they're getting incredibly good at pretending. <laughs> that's kind of scary too. Like they can write poetry. Fuck. Like what can't they do? Um, or if you think it's just a regular manga and not an evaluator, then like you said, it's probably just about the calling and it's kind of like expressing a fear of that act of violence, I think. Mm. I mean, if that's a part of their society, there's probably an undercurrent of fear in everything. Like anything you do that would lead you to, you know, being injured or deemed lesser in some way would you'd get called. You'd have a child that wouldn't pass whatever evaluation they'd get called. I mean, I would imagine that this is something that probably looms heavily on the minds of all the manka. Mm hmm. But it's so normal, I guess I don't really talk about it as if it were unusual. Like, I don't know, because this piece was marked as a performance. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Yeah. I think a lot of the best art in different societies comes out of fear. So that's why the read that it's just done, like expressing a fear is really cool. Um, but hey, let's not forget, optimized by Cognet, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I really, um, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, but when you were saying, like, the manga, they might not even think it's, like, um, all that weird. Because, like, when you look at the dialogue between John and the uh, the manga, I'm pretty sure that's just a regular manga. Um, oh, so it could just be a regular one, yeah. Yeah, when he's talking to, um, you know, he says, like, he saw the male manga uh, with the children, and it made him uneasy. And the manga responds, that was an evaluator. I'm not sure if the manga that he's talking to is an evaluator. And that manga even laughs, like, at the question, what do they evaluate, essentially? And then says, there's only three children. So, like, I guess it depends on whether or not that character is an evaluator or not. Like, how their society would feel about them. Right. Hmm. 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 I just wanted to get in on the ming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have. I don't think I have anything else I would point out here. It's definitely food for thought. Yeah, if you haven't read it, uh, there's a link in the description of this. Uh, it's really short, and yeah, it's it's a fun read. Um, I definitely recommend, recommend her other work too if you enjoy this um, I was looking into it actually after reading this and I was like hey Eli you gotta look at this story that we had to read for Fireside Friends it's actually really good so <laughs> <laughs> uh, the format again format's really good it reminded me when I started reading of uh, Analog a Hate Story that Christine Love game uh, where that is also like a bunch of like audio or not audio logs like logs, logs that you're going through text logs and uh, 
stuff like that. But yeah, I like that format a lot, and I think it's we used really well here. So it it's funny that this experiment in text log fiction does that like world building infinitely better than like any video game that has like text or audio logs ever does. It's just like <laughs> I saw a monster on, the, and then I wrote on the wall, "Help." And then I wrote it in my own blood. <laughs> and like that kind of thing. Well, it's also like this is the only mode where you have the tell the story in like big video games. Hashtag big, big video game. Uh, <laughs> you can't like the rule of thumb is like you can't expect your the player to pay attention to it. So it's kind of not a priority by necessity. So, right, that's true. But in, in like analog, like that's, that's the, the game. game. You're just you're just reading through the text. Uh, so, yeah, is that it? Is that did we get? Did we talk about the thing? We is that a cast? It. I think that was a cast. We casted something. <laughs> was this cast optimized by Cognet? Yes. Yes. No. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Conflicting answers. Oh no! I sh- I'm not a yes ander. I'm a no. I'm a, I'm a no butter. Negative. <laughs> here. Thank you for coming on again, Brenda. That was really fun. Uh, I kind of want to do more of these. I don't know. Yes, more it's, short fiction. Please. I want to read more. I want to read. Y'all, more. I'm reading. Y'all should just get on the book train. It's good. Yeah. Books are for nerds. Wow, rude. that's true. I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I've actually really been I have been picking up books lately because I have I've like sorely missed them. It's weird how much of a chore I thought reading was in high school, even though I loved it as a child and like now I'm like, I miss books. I just miss reading a book. Well it's easier <laughs> when you can choose what you're reading and you don't have to take a test or write a paper about it when you're done. And if you don't Go like on. it, you can just yeah. put it down and pick up something else true for sure uh yeah um what are we doing i forgot how to host it's time for some housekeeping uh (laughs) do i need to get a room (laughs) yes please (laughs) no we're outside brenna come on i'm gonna sweep up the twigs leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna go help Brenna pick up sticks. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Woo, indeed. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Please cut out. I don't know if you're gonna keep or cut the woos, but man, the woos. I'm just kind of loving them, actually. I need to do a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish I were that excited about something in my life. Literally anything. Same. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what's the Tumblr? Oh wow, I haven't updated that thing in months. That oh, but it's there. is is it updated? No, but um, hold no, on. no, no. But the the housekeeping thing here says we have. T- it just says we have Tumblr. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I can't tell people. Hey, we have Tumblr, folks. We really do. Um, hang on. I'm looking through who I'm following because I'll find it. Fireside friends. That's all it is. Firesidefriends.tumblr.com probably goes to us. We'll update it eventually. Why not? Uh, you can also. Oh, it's updated. It's updated now. There was a period where I was like, "Oh, I should update that," and I did. Good. 
but like the, they go up super late. Hopefully, by saying this, they won't go up super late on there. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so we have a Tumblr. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Podcast Fireside. Uh, lots of fun times there. You can uh, rate us on iTunes, uh, good or bad, whatever you think. You can send in questions, comments, concerns, pictures of your dog to Fireside Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we're also on Stitcher and Google Play if you are interested in uh, reviewing us there. And tell a friend. We would love to invite more people to the Fireside Friends family. Um, speaking of the family, I can be found on Twitter at Alan Ibrahim. It's spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. Now I'm going to give it over to my guest first. Brenna, where can people find you on the internet? Um, well, you can find my Twitter at Verbranden. Uh, I haven't been super active there lately. Uh, for the past couple of months, just because of the combination of being ridiculously busy and social media just being a terrible place to hang out for a bit. Um, yeah. Yep. So uh, follow me there for the occasional cat picture, I guess. You good, Very good cat <laughs> pictures, I will say that, without a doubt. Quality content. That's my um, uh. hashtag brand. <laughs> Please enjoy my hashtag brand. Ryan, where can people find your stuff? You can find me on Twitter at Telegram Detective. Uh, let's see what kind of content is there because I can give people a warning on what they can find. Oh, we got... oh it's a lot of it's a lot of retweets about politics stuff. Um I I'm I guess after I get off of Skype I'll do this video game meme thing that people have been doing. Um, it was a joke about the Neil Ciceruga album. Um, is a selfie. Uh, there's a Jar Jar Land. All right. Uh, people, someone photoshopped Ryan Reynolds out in place of Jar Jar in the La La Land poster, and it looks really good. And I actually watched that over La La Land. Um, it's a post about cis sexism in reproductive health discourse anyway that's the stuff you could find on my twitter it's at taco detective yeah you didn't need all that i gave it to you anyway that's <laughs> yeah, good that's good keep, keep, keep let people know what to expect and then and then change flip the script on them ryan is one of my favorite yeah. twitters ryan is like the reason i use twitter uh is to follow ryan i mean content. same yeah well shit sorry <laughs> <laughs> here's my twitter sorry and uh, Katie is off the grid. Katie is that moment in the video game Tron 2.0 where you're doing a light cycle race and then you have to leave the grid to go fight aliens and kill viruses. That's Katie. True. I was I was going to say that she's like the part at the end of the Matrix where the music kicks in and Neo just shoots up in the air. Yep. <laughs> Both. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's a good moment. Let's all watch the Matrix after this. Holy shit. That's me. <laughs> Sensei season two. It's the yeah. Matrix. Uh, Ryan, when you want to take it home? Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. Bye.